Hopefully it's not recording already. It is recording now. Oh, it is now. It is now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're live. KTL. <laughs> okay, sorry. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Paige Wood, and this is episode 33 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. This week's episode is just a little different from our typical in that we're spotlighting two of our 40X teams. Philip's going to be talking with Caleb from the recruiting team and Nathan Anderson from the load planner and account manager team. Both teams are making serious efforts to improve the overall experience here at Nussbaum. So we've talked about wigs before, but if you're not sure what in the world I'm talking about when I say things like 40X or wigs, I'd recommend listening to episode 18 of this podcast, and it'll give a more complete overview. But in short, 40X, or the four disciplines of execution, is the system designed by Franklin Covey to help people and organizations realize their goals. In 40X, this is also known as the wildly important goal, or wig. With 13 40X teams established within Nussbaum, we've got a lot of wigs happening around here. But all those team wigs lead up to the ultimate wig. And for Nussbaum, that's to reduce our driver turnover to 25%. We're working towards that in a number of ways, and you've already heard from several of our teams in previous episodes. So one way to check out a company, or a new pair of pants for that matter, is to read reviews online. The recruiting team had a goal of increasing Nussbaum's online presence through reviews like that. But now they're on to racking up the population of drivers in Certified Red. A lot goes into recruiting and retaining a driver, but nevertheless, Caleb's team is tackling it head-on to keep every driver engaged and content. Listen now as Caleb shares how the recruiting team is working to engage drivers in Certified Red and how they increase Nussbaum's online presence for prospective drivers. Caleb, tell me about your team's wig, uh, what you've done so far. We're coming up on the very end of this whole uh, wig 3.0. Uh, what have you guys been doing this entire time? Sure. Yeah. So we actually started with uh, our first wig, which was increasing our amount of reviews online. So Google, Facebook, Trucker's Report, um, Glassdoor, and Indeed. Okay. And basically, we went to existing drivers, asked them to, hey, you know, would you please you know, leave us a review, be honest on there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's been great. It actually has helped, um, new drivers check us out online. You know, they, right. you know, we're recruiters, so we can tell them whatever and they get told everything from anywhere else. And even though we try to be honest with guys, um, you know, they might've had two other companies that have told them something and it wasn't true when they got there. Right. So this helps them see online, Hey, what do, what's driver's perspectives right. of working at Newsbomb? Right. Um, so we always encourage them to look at those and then talk to drivers on the road, but it's great because it gives us boosts our online presence and, um, helps guys get a taste of us there. And that, uh, we did reach our goal and we reached it basically through talking to guys after they'd been here for a while. And then also seeing, you know, veteran drivers and asking them if they'd be willing to do it. 
And uh, we've seen a, actually a very surprising effect from those. Uh, since we've done it, we have still now people calling in going, wow, you know, you guys are the best, have the best reviews online that we've seen. Um, and, and again, we didn't incentivize people to do it. We didn't right. ask, you know, we didn't give them anything for leaving a review. So it's been really awesome to see um, what drivers have said about working mm-hmm. here. Um, and then after that, so we actually then moved to our wig now, which is increasing uh, the number of people in certified red. And so our biggest lead measure on that has been simply talking with guys um, as we hire them. And then also after they've been here for a month, letting them know, hey, here's this program. Right. Uh, don't have to do it. But if you do yeah. choose to do it, there's a whole bunch of incentives that, uh, you know, you're eligible for if you do right. it and complete it. Right. And with Certified Red and, you know, having the goal of increasing uh, our Certified Red participation, um, it is completely voluntary, as you mentioned there. Sure. I, mean, I don't, hopefully we're not trying to force that down anybody's throat and uh, make anybody feel like they absolutely have to do it. Um, but we do recognize the benefit of being in certified red and, and what that means for you as a driver. So um, you want to just talk a little bit about what that means uh, for a driver to be in certified red and why that's important for us to have more drivers participating in that? Sure. Yeah, because one of our other leads is also talking to um, drivers that have been here for a while that aren't enrolled. Right. And so it's very interesting to when we talk to new drivers and then also when we talk to people that have been here for maybe five years, um, there's a whole lot of misconceptions out there with certified red. And um, again, it is optional. You know, sometimes we get people that complain about it. Like, why are we doing a certified red program? And it's, it's very simply, well, you don't, you don't have to No, no, nobody's mm-hmm. asking, you no, know, nobody's telling you, Hey, you should do this. It's simply, Hey, if you do this, it'll one benefit you. It'll two benefit the company. And anybody with the the mentality of like, oh, it's, you know, it's all for the company. Well, we're employee owned. So being employee owned means if it's good for the company, it's also good for you as the driver. Right. It's, you know, it's tying the two together. It's not a us versus them or a split mentality at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because you talk to new drivers about this and we talk to them about, hey, here's a program. Uh, you're going to get a ring. You're going to get a hat. You're going to get a decal on your truck. You're going to get um, – you know, a new ID badge, all these things that come with it. Um, but you're also going to get a two cent per mile increase to your base rate. Oh yeah. Okay. Sign me up. You know, and they, they find out, Oh, here's something that it's not based on tenure. I don't have to be there for five years before I can start this. I can be there for a month. Once my feet are wet and I'm in the door, I know what's going on. I can enroll in this program and actively start working to give myself a raise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting when you talk to, um, drivers that have been here for a while, there's certain misconceptions. So one thing we've heard is that, uh, well, I, you know, I have to have, you know, this certain score that I have to keep throughout the whole time. And there are certain things you have to hit, but it's not till the very end before you graduate. Right. Uh, and a lot of drivers we talk to are already above that number anyways. And so they're not participating thinking that they have to be, it's, it's some crazy level that they're already reaching, but they think it's higher than what it is. Yeah. Um, the other thing is with all those things that come with it is it's different for everybody. And I'd say this is true for all, you know, for human beings in general, but with drivers, there are drivers that are very well off financially. They don't care about the two cent per mile increase, but they want that decal on their truck. They want (laughs) a red hat. They want a new ID badge. They want, 
a ring. They want all the things, you know, maybe they can go home and show their family their ring or, you know, once they hit a hundred thousand miles, the diamond on it and all this other things, they want the stuff to show. I am one of the top drivers at Newspawn. Um, there's other guys. We had one guy we talked to, his veteran driver. And he said, I will sign up for this. He's pretty much already doing everything he needs to. He's a great driver. Um, but I don't want any pictures. I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want to decal on my truck. And uh, I'll take the two cent per mile increase though. <laughs> so what's different you have, I mean, yeah. and th- there's this mentality change of what do guys want from that program? And that's why it's completely optional. Is if you don't want to do it, great. But hopefully there's something here that's a, that's a catch all for everybody. If it yeah. is something you do want to do. Yeah. And so I know we've talked about what cert red is in the past and what's kind of involved, but uh, you want to do some quick rundown of some of the items that are involved in certified red as well. Sure. Yeah. So it's typically, um, I think it takes about a year to get through. There's four quarters of things that, uh, they have to do at their own pace. So this isn't a, you sign up and they start shoving stuff down your throat. It's basically, Hey, here's the list. Scott or Rick gives you the information of here's the things you need to do. And it's at your own pace. So, uh, I believe every quarter there's one or two calls you do mm-hmm. with somebody here in the office. It might be Bill Wettstein, might be Rick, it might be Scott. Um, I think a couple of them are actually with drivers, other drivers as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's some hands-on training, uh, with Corey or Dale mm-hmm. that, uh, they go through and that's, I think there's one of those each quarter. And uh, that's another thing too, is a lot of people think, well, I'm on a dedicated run. I, I can't do that. Um, doesn't matter. They will get you through here to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hands-on training, there's some online modules. Um, and yeah, basically it's, it's things like that, that then equate to hopefully those things are helping you improve your score. Which that's the other the the nice thing is once you get your it's all helping you with your fuel score with your safety habits which then ties directly into your bonus so while you're improving in the cert red program to get paid more for doing it mm-hmm. you're improving your bonus score which you're getting paid more to do as well right so it's this huge pile I mean essentially it's a pile of money for improving your skills and um, yeah helping yourself out while you're learning these things yeah yeah you can do well I mean with between certified red and the other programs and everything that we've got going on here, you can certainly set yourself up uh, really nicely. And um, a lot of it too, it's helping develop you as a driver, as a professional driver, developing your skills, but we're also just incentivizing it with some extra money Sure. and, um, and the recognition that comes along with it. So uh, we already have a great group of drivers and I feel like this program and everything else that we're putting in place is just helping to develop them to become even better yet and, and develop those uh, drivers into the literally top tier of the drivers in this country. Sure. Definitely. So as far as um, how all of this has gone with 40 X and everything, uh, getting your team involved um, now your team consists of. So yeah, my team is myself, Joe Anderson, Mark Stalter, um, Carol, John, and Tian Overmeyer. Okay. And as far as getting the team together, I know Carol hasn't been here the entire time. She only just more recently in the last uh, couple months mm-hmm. uh, was able to kind of get back in with the team. Um, but how's it been uh, as a collective force there working on on these goals? Sure. Yeah, I think the, the first wig we did um, was much easier for us. And that was probably because, um, I guess, being a little selfish, we, you know, we saw the direct benefit from increasing those reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped our jobs. It, it uh, you know, made our job easier when guys can go and see what drivers think versus sure. just us trying to tell them what, what, what it's like at news bomb. Um, 
The second one, it's been good. It's we actually already have a system in place where we actually we follow up with drivers once they've been here. Um, a lot of companies, it's it's interesting because a lot of companies have the mentality that uh, a recruiter is there to get you in the door, and after that, you don't talk to recruiters anymore. Hmm. Um, so we actually enjoy um, drivers that come up there and talk to us again. Like after we, after we hire you, it's nice to still have a relationship with you sure. to see you come back and maybe you're in the shop or something and you don't even need anything from HR, but you just come back and say, Hey, um, we, we enjoy that. And we have a system in place too, for, um, maybe some people don't want to come back there. Don't want to talk to us or whatever. Uh, we'll call them at, um, Carol does one at two weeks. And then the rest of us will call it a month or three months just to make sure things are going how we said they would. Right. And um, so that's really made it nice and an easy point to um, – or an easy way just to bring up, hey, have you heard about this program? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, we don't want you to miss out on it if it is something you're interested in. Yeah. So moving forward as we were wrapping this one up, have you guys already started thinking about what um, – I mean, I know we haven't decided on a full – on what our, our overall company wig is, but have you guys already kind of thought through some of the things that you could see some improvements, some things that you'd like to uh, adapt the 40 X process to. Sure. Definitely. I think um, something we're seeing, I'm, I'm, you know, it sounds like a lot of other departments are seeing this as well. Um, but processes, um, some of our processes, and I know drivers are probably feeling this too. Um, you know, just from talking to different guys, some of our processes are, the same as what they were when we had 280 drivers. Mm. So we're sitting at 430 and there are some things, um, some of them very, they would take a while to get in place, but they make sense. That would make us more efficient, um, that the technology is already there for that, um, moving forward, Hey, let's get this in place. That way we can, um, spend more time on the phones of the drivers, actually servicing drivers. So for example, like with, uh, in human resources, this is kind of a, a crossover between safety and recruiting, but, uh, like DQ files, we, st- what is DQ? So a driver qualification file. Okay. So we're required by the DOT to keep a file on every single driver. Okay. So an MVR, yep. uh, their yearly review driver's license, um, all that stuff. We still keep paper copies on every single driver we have in the entire fleet. That's nuts. It is nuts. So we're looking at that going, holy smokes, all this stuff gets scanned in too. So we have digital Shoot. copies, but it's not organized into a file type. Okay. And so we, through our, our new ATS that we use, driver reach to our applicant tracking system. And ATS, applicant tra- yep. tracking system. Sorry. Thank so you. applicant tracking system, um, guys stay in there once they're hired as well. And it actually has a spot for a DQ file. So some of the things we're already running, background, stuff like that, they just automatically go into that. So is there a way where if we could take all of our existing stuff that's paper, get it put into the system electronically, and then moving forward, just put the new stuff in electronically, um, making sure we're still compliant. You know, if the DOT walked in and said, we want to see X, Y, and Z, um, can we do that? One, save some space and save a ton of time filing papers and making sure everything's compliant. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Caleb, I do want to say uh, thanks to you and your team for uh, all the work that you put into this round of 40X. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do uh, moving forward as we uh, get ready to launch another one here in a month or so and uh, kind of get the process started there. But uh, I know you guys have done some great work and tell your team thank you. Uh, tell them good job on, on the work that they've done as well. Will do. Thank you. 
I'm excited to introduce Nathan Anderson to Terminal Exchange. He's going to share what the load planners and account managers are doing to improve home time for our drivers and how they're working to produce more accurate load assignments being sent to drivers. Well, Nate, uh, you want to share with me what your team's wildly important goal has been during this round of 40X? Sure. So we chose to um, tackle the decreased home time misses. We feel that from operations, we can probably have the most effect on that. Um, so our subwig was to increase the percentage of drivers within 300 miles of home at noon on Friday. That's kind of a mouthful, but we figure mm-hmm. if, if we can track that where we have drivers within 300 miles of home at noon, uh, there's a good chance we'll be getting home. Um, and a couple ways to do that seemingly maybe not directly related, but we figure it does work to ensure load accuracy. So if loads come across and the times are goofy and the driver doesn't know when to deliver, we can't always plan the loads out correctly. Um, and there's often times that we think a driver is going to arrive at a certain time and his appointment was actually earlier or later and we miss that appointment. Maybe we got to split the load. Maybe we got to go find a trailer for him. Maybe we're missing his next pickup, that type of thing. We figure all those things add time and work for not mm-hmm. only the driver, but the load planner, the CSR, and the driver manager. Um, so if we can streamline that process, make sure we have accurate information, we have a better chance of planning out our loads in a way that gets drivers where we want them at the yeah. time they want them. Yeah. Um, the other lead that we had was just a, I call it a bi-daily plan, planner check, where before you leave for lunch and before you leave for the day, you make sure you either have a load on your driver's going through your regions, or you've got them posted on a need loads board. That way Mm -hmm. someone is looking at them, working on them, and they're not just getting missed, empty, sitting out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So between these two things, we figure that the more focus we can put on these, the more focus it's going to be on keeping the driver moving and ultimately getting them home. Yep. So I want to go back uh, there to your one lead measure, uh, looking at uh, basically the accuracy of the loads going out what are some of the things that you're doing to make sure that everything in there is accurate that the times are right and etas and everything how are you going through and making sure that those are good yep so a lot of loads come across electronically now okay so what they what they send across really has no bearing to what the actual load is um we get these and you know they come all throughout the day and then come a bunch at a time So what we're trying to focus on is as those loads come across, jump in each load, um, get those times put in there, whether it's a pickup window or whether it's appointment. So update that before the load gets sent out to a driver. Um, I don't think that was really focused on too much in the past. We tried to do that, but it wasn't a real focus. And so we'd get a bunch of loads sent out to drivers that just were not accurate, which Mm -hmm. would prompt the driver to call in. Right. Um, then the DM needs to go to the load planner, check on this. A lot of emails back and forth, those things can get missed and so on and so forth. So really just looking at updating those before anybody has a chance to plan that out on the driver. Okay. So, yeah, that, that seems like a, when you are looking at it probably from the driver's perspective, you would sit there and say, why in the world is this information not right? But when you explain it the way that you just did about the way it kind of comes in and I mean, keeping track of all of that because you got how many dozens of those happening uh, through the course of the day that you individually are looking at. Yep. Um, but then making sense of what all the times need to be going in and getting them updated. So, how do you 
actually know than what those times are supposed to look like versus what they, whatever bogus numbers that they put in electronically. Yep. Uh, probably a lot of that comes with experience, but yeah. it's it's great if file maintenance can be accurate. So CNH, for example, Jim is the CNH planner customer rep on guru. that guru. Yep. So <laughs> he knows all things CNH. So as he's accepting loads, they can come from any different region. So it may not be Nebraska where he's planning out of. You know, we get a lot out of Lebanon, Indiana, um, different locations coming back into Lebanon. So it can go from any any planner's region. So um, if the times are in file maintenance, we can look up that that customer code and say, okay, it's an eight to three window, and we can update that. Um, there are certain ones that'll say need appointment at that point. If we don't know who needs that, go to Jim and say, okay, yeah, email this person, and we'll get an appointment on that. So file maintenance is excellent if it's accurate. Um, great resource. If we don't know, pretty much go straight to the CSR then. No. And usually they'll know. <laughs> Account manager. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's, I mean, that's quite a um, load of just different things going on there. Variables and you mentioned the experience and just kind of knowing some of this stuff and, yep. and then knowing where to look. So um, hopefully, I mean, that, that's something that I'm not even super familiar with the fact that you've got to go in and try to make sense of all of this. And that's not as straightforward as you would expect it to be. So uh, maybe that'll lend you a little bit of leniency here. I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> um, but now talking about though um, being within 300 miles, you said by noon on Friday, is that yep. how you stated that? Uh, at what point are you actually looking at um, how close they are? Uh, to home are you waiting till noon on friday to look or are you starting to already think about that on wednesday thursday in the way you're planning to make sure that whatever kind of load they're on is putting them within that sort of uh diameter of, of their domicile sure and to clarify really the the noon on friday is specifically for the drivers that want to be home on friday sure so a year or sure. two ago we started marking all of our drivers asking them their preference um, definitely not a guarantee it's going to happen. But if we can see on the planner, you know, these drivers like to be home on Friday. These drivers really would rather be home on Saturday, leave out on Monday. Right. Um, we can start focusing on those Friday guys. Generally, a Saturday driver is going to be getting home by Saturday. You know, it's not too many times they get pushed out till Sunday. So mm-hmm. if we can focus on the Friday guys, pretty much the Saturday guys are getting home okay. by Saturday. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, you're looking at it basically all throughout the week. It depends on how long your load is. So even on a Monday, if you've are if you got a 1,200, 1,500-mile load going down to Florida or going out west or whatever, um, depending on that driver's preferences, you may not want to send him on that load. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's more Wednesday, Thursday, you're playing out loads. Where is this load going to end this guy? You're calculating um, his drive time now, his hours left on a 70. How many you expect him to have once he's delivering that load? And probably the probability of having a load in that area that's going to get him back home. So, yeah, there's there's definitely thought that goes into that probably a lot on Thursdays, yeah. but uh, Wednesdays too, really yeah. kind of planning that out. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, we define a home time miss. Uh, there's a few different criteria for that, right? There's um, the getting in yep. uh, on your preferred day yep. you know, on time. There's the length of stay at home, which I believe we have at is that at 45 hours. 45, now? and I, 
I'm not sure they sell it that way anymore, but okay. yes, for a while there was definitely they need to have 45 hours at home um, to not be a miss, and they need to be home an hour before. Um, if they have time marked off, we want them home an hour before that. Otherwise, it's counted as a miss. Okay. Um, the multi-week drivers who are shooting for two full days at home, that kind of thing, you know, not necessarily – Midnight on Friday till midnight on Sunday or whatever, mm-hmm. but just getting them 48 hours. So yeah. we had some criteria in there. Um, yeah, that would kind of define what a right. mess is. And I remember talking with with Brian Cannon from the other load planner team. Yep. And uh, I believe he we talked about that kind of criteria and, and what we're calling a miss. And uh, he mentioned like sometimes, honestly, from the driver's perspective, at least the way he's seen it is – just the fact that you got them in on Friday, that's good enough. Even though, even though we're, we're holding ourselves to kind of a higher accountability on that, yep. uh, that maybe the drivers aren't expecting quite as much, but, um, so it's kind of good to know that those are some of the targets that we've got in place. Um, but it seems to me that simply getting them in on the, you know, their preferred date being there on being home Friday evening yep. goes a long way to ensuring the rest of that to happen. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that's been a good thing I, from different ones in management have said they really don't hear much about home time complaints anymore. Um, a few years ago, I think that was really a pretty big deal. And there's, we still lose drivers cause they want to be home every day for sure. sure. You know, that's the nature sure. of, of the industry. But I think overall with our focus on that these last couple of years, it's really decreased maybe the complaints. Yeah. Um, trying to balance now really getting drivers sufficient miles Mm-hmm. And home time, um, it's kind yeah. of a it's kind of really a one or other sometimes where you can get them three thousand miles, but they might not get home right for it, more than thirty four hours. It'd be great to have three thousand miles and forty eight fifty hours sure. at home uh, on the weekend. Yep, uh, you know, being on Friday, leave out on Monday, and still get three thousand miles a week. That would be fantastic. Yep, but we also know the reality is that's right. yes, that can happen sometimes, but that's not a very typical occurrence. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, you're talking about trying to balance some of this out and, um, and that, that that can be a tough thing to do. Yeah, it is. And and really driver by driver too, you know, we, we're focused on getting a driver home and give them X amount of time at home. Um, Depending on the driver, they might really want just a 34 or 36 at home and Hey, they want the miles, get me back out. So trying to, keep track of, of who wants what, um, communication is huge in mm-hmm. all aspects, Yeah. but, uh, marking the guys on the planner correctly, uh, when they want to be home, if they want to be home, you yep. know, that type of thing. So, and there's been a lot of good improvements as technology increases with the planner and, and the ways that we can communicate there and what we can see. And there's more in the works, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as your, your team's involvement in, in making this all, happen and and then also kind of working with the other the rest of the load planners and and uh, Jordan's team over there how has um how's your team come together in working on this do you feel like you are all kind of focusing on this together and working together to make this all happen yeah I really do I I feel like we've had some good focus on that um you know when we started off and we looked at the say the accuracy report um there was quite a few loads on there um that we're getting missed mm. and we've seen some real good improvements over time. So the uh, percentage of loads that what we call a, 
bad or inaccurate information has definitely dropped. Um, Excellent. Start off at 10%. We're saying 10% of our loads for that week were inaccurate. Um, we've had it down as low as almost 5%. So almost cut that in half. It's usually averages in the 6 7% range. Um, so three to four percentage points might not sound like a lot, but it really is quite a few when you consider all the loads that we do. Yeah. Um, there will be a number of loads that just will not be completely accurate because we can't get appointments set ahead of time. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of loads that do have to still get sent out, um, knowing that the appointment's not been set yet. We're waiting for responses, that type of thing. So we, yeah. we have a buffer in there of, say, 5% where we figure we're just not going to be able to get down to zero. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like people really have come together and put effort in that and uh, are doing a good job. Yeah. So with all that, then I guess uh, the, the final question is how – has your success been with uh, home time misses? Have you moved that needle? So we started off at uh, 35% misses. Um, as of today, we're down to 3%. Uh, I'm sorry, no, 30%. No, <laughs> no it's, it's been up and down. It's been all over, really. That's That's been the difficult thing is that yeah. we haven't seen a real direct correlation. Um, there's been weeks it's been under 30%. 20%. Um, yeah. There'd been weeks it's been 38%. So it's, it's just been up and down. That's been probably our biggest struggle is seeing a real direct correlation with what we're doing to that number. It's, and there's just different pieces. If it's not accurate, if the, if the driver warned to stay out, maybe they weren't marked to stay out, but they did stay out or they parked, they asked to park somewhere else rather than what we have in there. Um, we're getting dinged on those too. So yeah, we've gone back and looked at some of those reports and can find multiple instances where, you know, that really wasn't a miss. And I, I feel like our efforts are working just because of the fact that we've been told they don't hear a whole lot about home time yeah. miss complaints. Yeah. But to answer your question, it hasn't, yeah, it's been hard to really see that sure. direct correlation there. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And it, 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 I know I've talked with other teams where it feels like, yes, I'm making an impact. We're doing something and what we're doing is good, but you're just not seeing that yeah. needle move exactly the way that that you yep. kind of expected or hoped it would. Yep. Uh, and I understand how that can be frustrating and everything, but uh, based on the feedback that it sounds like you're getting, uh, sounds like you are making an impact. And that's honestly what you want to do. Uh, I, it'd be nice to see the, that needle move, um, but I also know that we're dealing with a maybe an imperfect um, scoring system on that. And so, you know, it sounds like there's maybe some other variables in there. Uh, so... It sounds like your team's doing a great job, and uh, it's great that they've all come up, come on board and uh, making this happen. We're getting ready to finish this round of, of 40X. What you guys have done and put in place here, is this something that you're going to be able to sustain? Uh, are you going to continue uh, doing these checkpoints and everything moving forward even after we get into September and, and moving forward? Yeah, I definitely think so. And, in fact, hopefully we'll even continue to improve on those We've seen the value of accurate load information. Um, it's, I would say, extremely important. Um, just planning in general, if you don't have accurate information, you're going to be missing loads. You're going to be late on loads. Um, you're gonna, your service is going to suffer, and drivers aren't going to be moving, and they're going to be – you're adding miles to loads when you go to split them. Um, it's just really inefficient not to have that accurate information. Yeah. So we're, we're putting a real focus on that. We've got IT working on a couple different projects. Cool. Um, and, yeah, we're really hoping that uh, ETAs and load times, that type of thing, can become more and more accurate and streamline that all. Yeah, that'll be neat to see some of that get implemented and 
with IT's help. I know they've been kind of bogged down here part of this year with yep. a bunch of other projects and stuff. So it'll be neat to see kind of how that all develops and moves forward to streamline your process and uh, help these drivers out a little bit better. Yeah. So Nate, thanks so much for uh, sharing with us and uh, appreciate what you and your team have been doing and uh, make sure you to your team. Thank you. And uh, tell them that uh, I said, great work. You bet. Thanks Philip. Yep. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of NoosBomb Transportation. NoosBomb is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on NoosBomb's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to NoosBomb.com or NoosBombJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.